to get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. Because this is part two of a story that we've done, the Ronald Gene Simmons one. Mm-hmm. And... When did y'all listen to that one, Jen? Thursday. Thursday. So it's pretty fresh in your mind. So you, mm-hmm. I'll probably get you to recap it. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just cannot say that. Am I selecting <laughs> the next person on the list, or oh, shit. is are we just gonna do uh, it for Fourth of July? Mom wanted to dedicate it to John. Oh well, we can dedicate it to John. He's like, yeah, love me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, whose shot is this? Whose shot is that? You have mine. Yeah. Oh, I've got yours. That's good. I spit in it. <laughs> I can hold it if you're doing the bongo thing. Yeah, put it right here. Why is hers a different color? It's a mix of things. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, look, at, look at these shot glasses that they have. That's right. Oh, look at these. <laughs> what are they? Lizzie Borden. <laughs> to prove that I actually went to the house. <gasps> that house, the house being is sold? being sold? It will still stay a museum, though, right? Okay, good. I haven't been. I've never been to a museum. Um, I would only go in if we got a fun, fund, if I was paid to, and if you guys came with me. It's not a haunted house, Jen. Yes, it is. <laughs> that place is haunted as fuck. It is. Look it up. <laughs> surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Jen's mom. Thank you. You know you can call her by her name. Her name is Jackie. Jackie, I know her name. Was there ginger ale in that? No, but that was a nice combination. It did taste like ginger ale. That was weird. There was. What was it? It was Very pink tart. lemonade and green apple. Ooh. Ooh. All right, Jen's going to recap the story for us. Hopefully, you guys had heard the first one, Ronald Gene Simmons. If not, then Jen is going to do a great job recapping it. Ronald Gene Simmons was... <laughs> A military man, and he killed his family, and um, including his son. Don't add it. It's curdling a little bit. Shit. You should have known better. I know I should have known better. God. Oh, well. It's fine. I'll still drink it. Oh. Quickly. God bless you. Uh, he He killed his son. Junior and who was 29 at the time and his wife and his was the daughter or grant the daughter was crying and he killed her. He was they they called it like he said it wasn't like strangling it was like he made a weird noise. Yeah, smashing a bird. And um, he was a pretty shitty husband. And then he started having relations with his daughter, and she was impregnated by him. Did y'all see that coming? No. Crazy. And that's the last thing I remember was that that he was... He murdered his the Brenda. eldest son, and then he murdered... A do- uh, the, the baby. The wife. The, the wife. Yeah, he murdered his wife. And then you left it off with the granddaughter crying in the room next door. This oh, yeah, is Christmas that's Day. Yeah. I didn't talk about that. I thought you did because it was like smothering a bird. Oh, maybe you did. I, I was trying to think. Couldn't remember if you talked about her being. That was the eldest son's kid. So you are talking about little Barbara Simmons, his granddaughter. And that was where I stopped. So he killed her. Quote, this is from Ryan Green's book. He could still feel the warm meat of her throat caught between his worn hands and the desperate fluttering of her heartbeat where his fingertips bit into her flesh. He could feel her bones grinding in his grip. Wow, I just started that off. I'm just trying to drink this really fast because (laughs) it's curling and it's that settling. Want some Not water? so great in my stomach. Here. I also talked about to recap you guys. This is where he would throw the bodies. And this is a cesspit. So it's literally poo poo and pee pee in this pit. Yeah. When we stopped at Bucky's, my mom was like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> my mom was fast asleep. And she was, I was like, it's overwhelming in there. And she was like, is it like the, the pee pit in the other story? And I was like, no, it's much better than that. But the it's just very pit. overwhelming. She was fast asleep, and I told her, and she was, and then, then it was just an adventure. She literally, she was like, "Okay, I'm going to the bathroom." <laughs> she said, "I she did it all by myself." 15, <laughs> she was gone. She was gone for 15 minutes, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" She get abducted in the Bucky's, and then she came out. She's like, "You have to come in." I was like, "I've already been in there. Let's go." It was like 2:30 in the morning. Was there any holes in there? Glory holes. Sorry. Not in the women's room. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, those are in the men's room, right? Probably. I've never seen one up close. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You sound dis- I mean, you sound disappointed, Maybe, though. like, don't put your eye in the... Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's in a movie, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's Euro Trip, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Jesus. Or Road Trip or something. Uh, one of those two. All right. So, oh, hey from the UK, Unwired Emmy. Hey, Emmy. Emmy. What's up? Wow. The we amount have a of. A lot of people from across the pond. Yeah, today. the amount of people that, that tune in from the UK is heartwarming to me because I just love them. Hey, this is going to sound ignorant, but do y'all. No, they do. Do y'all in the UK don't, celebrate don't, 4th of they July? Don't. They don't? don't. Oh, that's just America? Yeah. What about Canada? No. The American holiday. It's Constitution. The the day the Constitution was signed. I mean, I know that. The the Declaration (laughs) of Independence. We did this last time. (laughs) (laughs) We had this exact conversation last year. (laughs) That's why I said the Declaration of Independence. That's exactly Uh, what I said. All right. So my name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nikwees. This is Talk Murder Me podcast. And my mom. And Jen's mom. So we're going to do part two of Ronald Gene Simmons. I'm going to kind of just recap a little bit. I started the whole episode last time around it's the Christmas holiday. Not only that, but Ronald Gene Simmons is impossible. Impossible. You think you're, you know, maybe your dad is bad or something like that. Ronald Gene Simmons at the time is unbearable. None of his kids want to see him. I started the story around this. I want to really drive this home. Ronald Gene Simmons at this point is unbearable. Not only that, he moved his entire family to a small town where everyone is against him, at least in his own mind. People don't like him. No one likes him, but no one's against him. But he thinks in his paranoia that everyone's out to get him. And he's losing the one thing that he needs as a Vietnam vet with a distinguished Vietnam cross. There's one thing he needs. One word. It starts with a C and ends with an untroll. Control. He needs control. Mm. At all times, he needs to control everything. Vietnam vet, he needs control. And the we did talk about him impregnating his own daughter, his first daughter. And she's going to come into play. That that daughter is, in his mind, the reason for all his bad happenings, the reason he's broke, the reason he's out on this, in this little trailer drinking in his room is because his first daughter. But the re- it's not that he was he thought she was sexy or something. I mean, that's his daughter, his own blood. But he wanted to control. He wanted to be the alpha male of his home. And he was until all his kids left. And the one way to do that is to have all the women. That's why he did that. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, t- a tiger nest or whatever. The tiger's got all the female tigeresses. That's how you know that he's the alpha, right? So that is going through his mind. But at this point, his whole family has left him. The only reason they're coming back to see him, the only reason is for the mother, Becky, that has put up with this and put up with this, put up with the abuse, the physical abuse, the the impregnation of her daughter. He was treating her daughter better than he was treating his wife. I mean, think about the jealousy with that. You know, because he also expected the whole family just to be okay with it. Mm. Oh, yeah, this is happening now. That's like a reverse <sighs> Electra complex. Fucking crazy, right? So I cannot imagine. Yeah, I would want no part of that. Anyway, the whole story last time was basically starting around the one thing that the mother wanted, which was to spend one last Christmas, and she got her wish, one last Christmas with the whole family. And that family is big. There's 14 people in that family. Ronald Gene Simmons, on the other hand, as a family annihilator, because this is a this is what he's considered family annihilator, it's it's almost like you give up and you you brought all these beings in the world. You made this. This is all yours. So once you're done, they're done too. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know the mindset to that. We've done a couple of family annihilators, but in his mind, his Christmas wish was to eliminate the entire family. 
That was his wish. No one knew that at the time. Because he was losing control of his family. And he planned this meticulously. Think about it. You have 14 people you have to kill that are all coming in in the Christmas break. How are you going to do that? Kill all 14 successfully without, I mean, because as soon as someone sees a, thinks something's going on or can't contact the mom or something, they're going to get suspicious, you know? I mean, he planned this thing with with great effort. We stopped last time where his oldest son, firstborn, came in, Jr. Jr. came in because his daughter, his flesh and blood, was staying with Jr.'s father, Ronald Gene Simmons. And this is confusing. Ronald Gene Simmons' granddaughter. He comes in and he starts his he starts his Christmas wish. He starts kill he kills his own son. He kills his his wife next, and then he kills the the grandbaby, three year old, crushed her like a little bird. He he throws him in this cesspit, but the the granddaughter peed all over herself, and he <laughs> for some reason he just like ew gross urine. I don't want to touch that. He throws her in a trash bag, and she actually ends up not in the cesspit, but in the trunk of a car. I do want to say when you think about this, the positioning of the bodies is really what I want you guys to to think about because he didn't just kill them and throw them all in the pit. The way he positioned them, this is a prime example right here. In his mind, he may not even knew know, like knew about this, but subconsciously, here's one of the bodies right here. Does that not look like it's under the Christmas tree almost? Yeah. Ooh, don't like that. A present under the Christmas tree. That's the the, the his wife right there, present under the tree. So he never moved her out never no never moved well no he did yeah he did move her out to the pit when they found the bodies there were seven in the cesspit the cesspit like i said was this and i think i have an image of them actually pulling one out oh, yeah that's one of the body right there those are the bodies wow. another thing about the positioning all seven that were in there and there were selective seven obviously sheila his daughter the one that he loved isn't going to go in into the pit you know she's going to be somewhere else right so what i'm trying to say is like the the bodies in the the cesspit were stacked on top of each other one two three they were like literally stacked like a pancake and he did he did that on purpose he may have not have known he did it but in the trunk were the two smallest children in each trunk of those two cars were the two smallest children so you can't tell me that he didn't do that on purpose yeah that's interesting anthony yeah you know what i'm saying kaylee anthony i mean so that just think about that when we do this story because the the psychology behind him is is pretty crazy to think about so anyway you guys ready to to get on this (sighs) yep I got another beer, so I'm ready. Ready to go. This is the the home, the trailer right here. You guys saw that last time. This is where all this takes place. Mm-hmm. At this time, Ronald Gene Simmons has quit his job, and he is he is drinking up his last few dollars. He is in a room, his own room, with the the um, the the master room with his wife used to be, but the wife is finally done. Fine, she's tried to leave so many times. But all the kids and she's out there, you know, in the literally nowhere to run. She takes a cot and is sleeping in the the son's room. There's four that are still living that are his biological that are still living at the house. Mm. And did you know that they stopped calling them master bedrooms and started calling them like owner's rooms or owner's suites? I think it has something to do with slavery. This is the um, this is the. The cars right here in the trunk of each car was one of the grandbabies. It's just interesting to me that the grandbabies were in the car. It's just... He didn't put them in the pit, which is interesting. But what was he going to do with the cars? Mm. No, I mean, so... He was just going to leave them in there? His life is over. Like, he... He's like he's doing content this knowing now. he's going to die. He is content. Look at look at this smile. He's he doesn't care what the he doesn't care oh. about the cars. Dirty he's, old man. He has got what he he's got his Christmas wish. So did his wife. She wanted the last Christmas with the family. That I mean the whole family was in the cesspit. You know what's weird is he looks like Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, the guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. Kind of. You don't see him. I mean, yeah, he's a white man. <laughs> 
I think he I think he could definitely play the town Santa Claus. The cars weren't running. He wasn't going to drive them anywhere. The cars were basically stripped already. The cars were just they spare were parts. Yeah, they're junk junkers. Yeah, you strip them down. Literally every part has been stripped that was of any value that he could get. The cars ain't moving. He ain't going to tow him. So it's it's not like he was trying to hide this. He ain't got nowhere to go. He was going to kill his family and then sit in the room until the liquor runs out, until the, the beer runs out. And then, I don't know, probably go turn himself in, I'd imagine. The the truth is he he didn't he was hushed the whole time up until they killed him his death he didn't say anything mm. he didn't want to say anything he was happy he didn't care about him getting caught he knew he was going to get caught as long as he killed his family that was his only concern and he got to kill all of them not just one or two or his wife he's got to kill every one of them that's what a family annihilator is they got to take them all out. Because he can't be in prison behind bars knowing that he's got a son that made it out. No, that that would drive him nuts. Mm. He's got to take them all out. Uh, crazy. But that's a good question. Yeah, so he didn't care. He he knew they were going to find him eventually. But it is interesting. I w- don't know if it was like a subconscious thing and he didn't want the babies to be with the rest of the bodies or no, I don't he know. He didn't care about those babies. It was But it is kind of strange, don't you think? Maybe he thought that it was like a safe place as opposed to throwing them in the cesspool. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I wanted you guys to definitely pay attention to is the positioning. Now, I did stop last episode with he just killed his granddaughter, crushed her like a bird. And then, oh, it's about four o'clock. The kids should be getting home. His own kids, his flesh and blood kids getting home from school. The bus, and that's where I stopped it, I believe. The bus has just pulled up. It's four in the afternoon. They, and y'all, is it, oh, this is not Christmas Day. This is no, before no, no. Christmas. Yeah, right, so okay, that's right. The murders take place December 22nd is Leading when all to. these has taken place. That's, Got it. We haven't went anywhere else yet. Got it. Okay. The next murders come in when the family gets there. Starts arriving for the holiday. They actually get there on December 26th. So between the 22nd and the 26th, those bodies are sitting there. And if you saw the the body under the tree, that's by his favorite chair. For four days, he's drinking his beer with that body sitting there. And it wasn't in a body bag. He did put the jacket over, but that was probably just, you know, so he didn't have to look at it. He's sitting there drinking with the bodies right there. So the bus comes and y'all saw the property last time. Remember it's up the hill. The, The hill is called Mockingbird Hill, which is very confusing because it is a trailer up on a hill Mm. nothing wrong with trailers but i'm saying mockingbird hill sounds all elegant yeah i have the song running up that hill stuck in my head now what is it how's it go if only could that's from strangers that's been like all through stranger things this season See, Jen, you would love the show. Well, I, I only heard the song because it was playing on my favorite app, and I listened to it. You because guys are, it was on Stranger Things, I bet. Yeah. You All guys, over it. You guys are going to find this despicable what he does next how would you kill four family members that are all running up the hill at the same time you're not going to go out there and just bow 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 even though he was a a expert shot you're Mm -hmm. not going to do that there's what's the fun in that there's no fun in that anyway i mean i don't think that killing people is fun anyway but what i'm trying to say is how would you separate them how would you kill each one of them Without the other one knowing. So you can take your time and see the the blood kind of drain from the eyes. And Hypothetically? Yeah. How would you separate them and, and have I'd about... I'd send them on a scavenger hunt. Yeah. I don't know why that came to me so quickly. That's a little concerning. Yes. Oh, God. Jen's mom said... <laughs> Jen's mom said, like a grenade. She's been watching too much <laughs> Peaky Blinders. That's her problem. She's all blood and gore now. Grenade? What the fuck? Lauren says a bow and arrow. Or <laughs> Please don't crossbow. tell me you have grenades in your home. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any ammunition in my home. Coming out the bus, running up the hill. It's Christmas. School's over. It's Christmas time, and and the family is not not rich, so they're not expecting much. But you know they. They get to play with each other. They have a lot of land to play on, you know, even though they were restricted from talking to any neighbors, as we'll get into. But coming up the hill, excited to be off school was Loretta Simmons. That's 
that's the oldest of the girls still living at home. So the second daughter born. Mm. Loretta Simmons, 17. Eddie Simmons, 14. Marianne Simmons, 11. And Rebecca Simmons, 8. Eddie being the only male there. So these are all for his and Becky's children. There's a lot to the, this family. 14. You got to go 14. There's a lot of children. He needed to separate them all. They're running up the hill and they're excited. They're a little weirded out because their father has never met them halfway down the hill running up with a smile, especially with a smile on his face. Oh, this makes me sick. I don't like it. Go ahead. Okay, we can stop. (laughs) This is like episode 350. (laughs) You know me, any crimes against children are upsetting to me. The kids were confused. He never showed him any attention. He never, never cared enough to even say hey to him coming in the door, you know, especially coming outside with a smile on his face. He says the following quote, there's a special surprise for each of you, but your mom wants to see each of you enjoy your own. So come through one at a time. And once the other is done, I'll come and fetch you. I do not like that. I don't like it. I do not. This guy is freaking twisted. <laughs> well, you know them Vietnam. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hon- yeah, yeah. It would have been. Jen's mom said the grenade would be better. It honestly would have. Yeah, you're about to see. He is like, he is want in wanting to enjoy this. Oh, slow yeah. Slow and torturously, one by one. Welcome to the taco fam, Shramarama. Oh, Shramarama. Thank you. Taco... One, one time oh. What is that? <laughs> one time oh. <laughs> one and done. She's I'm a one and done. done. That's the I'm poro. <laughs> so, no, we appreciate uh, it. I'm not making yeah, fun no, of you. I'm for also real. poor. Like it may, means It does. Ton. It means a lot. Un poquito taco. Yes. All right. Taquito. Taquito. Not only that, and this 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 makes it a little better, Jen. Wait till the other one's done. I'll come get you. But he did take the family radio outside and have some crisp. Christmas carols playing on the radio. So they're outside on the porch listening to Christmas carols. Oh my God, look at Jen's face. She's like fuming right now. I'm like literally about to start angry crying, I think. Like, I literally am just getting so emotional. Like, it, like, I feel like this is, if you were to write a book about how, like, what makes it each thing worse, he's probably going to drag this out too, just to see how long it takes before I start to cry. I never would never do that. Can you describe the first? This is the first. Loretta. She's the first that's going to go. Um, oh, poor thing. She looks like she's a, a early teens. Yeah. There's a really beautiful picture of her that I'm going to show you now. Long, this really gorgeous. long brown hair with bangs. Um, maybe she's like 15, 16? 17, I'd say. Yeah. That looks like a senior picture, yeah. Yeah, th- she's 17. She does oh, look wow. like a lot like her mom. Oh, that's a good point. Right? I didn't see the This mom before, is a beautiful but, sure. picture right here. So it's it's really sad. She's, and obviously, as you know, he's killed them all. So she's going to be It's not first. sad because she's beautiful. Let me clarify. I know. I know Ashley made that comment last episode. It's just sad that any young person in particular mm-hmm. yeah, loses Yeah, that is the thing with true crime. I did see that too. Like everyone says, oh, she was a beautiful young girl. And I know that kind of what objectifies or yeah. something. Yeah. But I mean, it's that happens with men too. But you too. can have a beautiful yeah. soul. Like yeah. anytime anyone has a beautiful soul, I mean, anytime anyone dies, it's sad. I think we, I've, I've said this hundreds of times, but I don't know descriptors. It's hard. Uh, yeah, describing someone is actually a lot harder than you would imagine. That's why I try to stick to celebrity lookalikes, and doesn't always work. Yeah. She goes in the house. She's excited. He's like, come on. Takes her back outside. The family has a cesspit. They don't have running water either. You guys understand that, right? So I don't know if you guys ever grew up on a farm. I mean, we had running water on the farm. Did you have a cesspit? Would define cess. (laughs) Did you poo outside? Uh, But... With if, the cows. If you don't have running water in the house, you need a water barrel. Do you know what a water barrel is? Is it like a chamber pot? No, that's different. Water barrel, you have fresh water, right? That's the fresh yeah. water. Like where you pump water? No, 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 no. No. Do you have it's, fresh water and you take from it? It's a... T- it's and a, you like pour it over your head to shower, right? No, no, no. It's a little bit larger than a bathtub. It's all metal. And that's exactly what it looks like. It's just a long trough looking... Oh, a trough, yeah. Well, not a trough per se. It's a it's shaped as a bathtub yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. larger collects rainwater so you can drink it rainwater's fresh i thought you weren't it. supposed to drink rainwater well, no you, you can yeah you can oh you can also drink your own pee which i recommend nope 
don't well you know i for some reason i i've always known like i'm educated i know i knew that that urine it comes from the kidneys but i used to think that it was more so associated with like defecating so it grossed me out but then when i like finally realized i was like oh wait it's a kidney product it's not that bad well it's a product of what you've consumed i'm not saying i would drink it by choice i'm just saying i wouldn't be as grossed out if i was put in the position wait y'all's pee doesn't come out your buttholes no yours doesn't no, either my- only you <laughs> Only you, and you've got a medical problem, apparently. (laughs) Uh, All right, if you want to read this, basically, the water catcher, the water barrel, catches rainwater, and it's filled up. Obviously, they need that. It's right outside the trailer on the other side. So basically, right 20 yards away or less on the other side. Remember the whole, the other three kids are on the porch listening to Christmas carols, you know, so they don't hear anything. I forgot about that for a second. She goes through the house following daddy and then daddy takes her outside to the rainwater and then she's like, where's mommy? I mean, she's 17, but still, where's Where's mom? mom? Where's mom at? If you want to read this, this is from Ryan Green's book. We do a lot of stuff from him. Yeah, he's a pretty good writer. I like him. Ronald grabbed a hand full of her hair and shoved her face through the ice on the top of the water barrel. She bucked and tried to get a grip on the barrel's edge to pull herself out, but that first gasp of shock when the cold water hit her face had already done half the work of drowning her. Mm. We all know you don't need to be submerged in water to drown. Right. He had plenty of bullets, just letting you guys know. He did this for some other reason. At this point, Loretta, 17 years old, his own daughter, is scratching for air. She was one of the fighters. She actually scratched his arm. She was the one that she was the one to worry about. She's the oldest. She's the strongest. She just bucks. Once he shoves her head down in that ice water, she's bucking to get out. But Ronald, and he's not a very big man. You know, she is a female 17 smaller, but you don't really need to be because he's not using his hand to do it. He's, I mean, he's using his hand. Yeah, but he's leaning up against her. He's putting his whole body weight on her. He's basically pinning her down and she's submerged in the water. Does that make sense? Using his whole being to keep her down. Because number one, he doesn't want her to come back up and scream, alert the other kids. So he thought long and hard about how to do this. She does scratch him, but he doesn't care. Once her body goes limp, he actually takes it one step further. The The whole tub has a metal lid on it. She's limp now. She's basically dead or about to be dead. He kind of pulls her up and puts her neck on that metal lid and just basically punches it down and snaps it. So she's done. She is done. Like it wasn't enough to drown her. That is one. Well, he's you got to understand he is on a mission. This is like Vietnam stuff. This is life or death for him. He's if got it was Vietnam stuff. You said he has enough ammunition. Like why? Because if you shoot one, they'll know they'll run. You got to be strategic. He's got to kill all 14 members strategically. And he got really quiet. The next to go was Eddie. All right, Eddie, come on in here. Mama's waiting for you. Mama's got a good thing for you. This is Eddie right here. Mama's got something good for you. He actually seemed to not be okay with it, but he accepted it. He struggled the least out of the other siblings at all. I mean, he he just kind of accepted it. Eddie was 14, so he's the second child. Marianne, she was next. She's a fighter, too, just like her older sister. That's her. So young. Yeah, she is. 11? That's young. She fought really hard. Ultimately, she couldn't fight hard enough. The bodies were out there. As soon as they walk out the door, it's like, there's my sister's body. There's my older brother's corpse. It's it's immediately grab the back of her mane and shove her in there. It's 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 like quick at this point, you know? They know as soon as they walk in. Yeah, because the, it's not like he like, oh, I got to haul this body off and then go That's get... That's what I was wondering. No, it, the body's there. The body's still literally floating in the water, just kind of like pushed off. Like, they know what's coming as soon as they walk out the back door. Mama ain't there with no present. Is daddy going to kill me? They know that. Little Becky was next, and this one's messed up. They're all messed up. This is little Becky. This is uh, terrible right here. She's actually too small to fit, and she couldn't get over the get over the water barrel. So he had to think of something else. He couldn't. She was too small, and he didn't want to lift her up when he pushed her against the water barrel her head didn't even clear the the railing so what he did is 
he took her hand and she is eight. Rebecca Simmons This is his, at this point, youngest daughter, eight year old, takes her hand, leads her over to the cesspit with all the other bodies, the, the mother, like everyone's over there, leads her there. Soon as she sees the body, she starts crying. Obviously, she knows what's going on. She's probably like, Daddy, you know, what's going on type of thing. He picks her up. He starts squeezing her neck, her face completely purple, eyes rolled up. She was completely submissive. It was almost like she was just accepting her fate. He just choked her out, threw her right in the cesspit with all the other bodies. Got some more kerosene, poured it over the bodies. The kerosene was to cover the smell. Mm -hmm. And it's not even to cover the smell not to get in trouble. It's because he didn't want his dogs, Bo and Duke, to go over there and mess with the bodies. That's his artwork. I don't... He didn't want some dogs, mangly mutts to go mess everything up. He's got these things positioned the way he wants to, you know, covered it with a tarp. And now he's got four days of drinking until the next until the next one is 26. Yeah. So we're actually starting that one right now. So you guys like this or hate this? Just keep it going. Uh, like I've always said, I like the way you tell the stories. I don't like the stories. Billy, his wife. So Billy is a son. They got a lot of family. So just bear with me. Billy, his son, his wife, Billy's wife, Renata, and their youngest, a one-year-old, William Simmons the third. They called him Trey. T-R-A-E. One-year-old. So this is Ronald Gene Simmons' grand boy. Son. Grandson. Yeah, that's what I meant. Grandson. This is Ronald Gene Simmons' grandson. They're next. Now, this is four days later. He actually went to the bar, too, during this time. I guess he got tired of the smell of the bodies or whatever. But they come in next, and this is December 26, 1987. First in the door was Billy. Like you do, the man kind of walks in, has the wife's hand behind his back type of thing. And then Trey was outside because this is, I mean, they've been riding in the car forever. He wants to get out and just kind of... Finally, you know, he's one years old. I can't go very far, but he's outside still. Ronald Gene Simmons had planned these out too, but he wasn't going to take any chances because he knows Billy's kind of strong. He didn't want any chance of getting overpowered by his own son. As soon as Billy walks in, his wife in tow, Billy sees that present under the Christmas tree. His own mom, you know, sees the present under the Christmas tree. He gasped. <gasps> then he sees his dad. But before he could say anything, because he was hiding, Ronald Gene Simmons was hiding behind the door. He shoots him right in the chest. Boom. Bullet tears through his chest, bounces around the ribs, and pierces his heart. Now, in Ryan Green's book, he does mention that Ronald Gene Simmons actually waited for his son to see him. You know, gasped and everything, but he wanted to see his son. It's not like, you know, you see in the movies, like, you, know, you, can't, you ain't going to shoot me. And you look into their eyes, and then they don't shoot. Like, he wanted to make that eye contact. He wanted to let you know that, okay... I'm I'm in control. I decide the family in, so this is it. I want to make sure you understand that. Are we cool type of thing, you know? Crazy. Renata was a brave girl. When she saw her husband hurt, she rushed forward to help him. She was a pretty thing, too. Lovely, thick hair. It was a shame that the far side of it filled up so suddenly with fragments of skull and juicy pink brain matter as the bullet tore through her head. That was pr pretty descriptive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've already blocked it out. <laughs> blocked it out. Uh, you think about them jello shots you're gonna do you gonna seriously do jello shots with your mom <laughs> yeah isn't Why that not? on your bucket list <laughs> Jen's mom's gonna be like let's do body shots <laughs> she's like doing keg stands I'm just trying to lighten the mood I don't know if it, if it was like a keg full of wine my mom might do a keg stand you don't really drink beer you will you like Guinness so now who's left he just shot the wife the I mean, that, you would do that too. your husband like me. If I was to get shot and you knew someone just shot me, I would think you would fall over me and see if I'm OK, even though you're next. You'd run. No, of course I would check on you. There you go. The one year old outside is playing with butterflies and he hears the shots. So, you know, he's going to 
come and see what mommy and daddy are doing and what's these loud noises. You think he's going to let little one-year-old Trey get away? Nope. This is when Ronald Gene Simmons walks out the front door and sees little one-year-old Trey. That motherfucker, he pissed himself. Why are all these damn kids pissing themselves? That's what he's thinking. Piss, I ain't. He walks out the front door. At this point, Trey has lost like all feeling in his legs. He is on the ground. One-year-old, this is what he just saw is parents his corpse and one year old he's just in shock at one years old well i mean he most likely doesn't understand what's going on he didn't pick- and if you piss yourself as a one-year-old it's not like and i understand that this guy's not in his right mind but that's kind of expected but the, the thing is he is in his right mind he is meticulously doing this i mean he's not like you know the story we just covered right yeah i mean he he wanted to do this well he's evil he's an evil yeah fuck. Ronald Gene Simmons is like, I am not picking up another pissed child. He didn't even pick him up. They, the cops, and, and the reason they know this is because they see the, the drag marks mm. with the little child's <gasps> fingers dragging through the dirt. Just takes his leg, drags him behind him so he doesn't get any of that piss on him. Is this motherfucker still alive? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to go kill him. I think he's dead. No, he's dead. Well, he was killed on death row, right? Yeah. In fact, it's really interesting. Like I said, he didn't really care. If you see him, he just doesn't care. I mean, he's happy. He, he wanted to die. And death row is set up like this. If I don't know if you know this, Jen's mom, but if you get on death row, if you're committed to death or they uh, convict you to the death penalty, an appeal is automatically filed like immediately. Mm-hmm. Not, it's, it's an automatic process. So he said, I don't want an appeal. I, don't give me an appeal. But that's never been done before. So now it opens up a new can of worms where, you know, like, how is this going to, how is it going to work? Like, you have to have an appeal and I don't want one. I'm not a lawyer or anything, but it goes, this case is, is a milestone for that. Could you argue that if he is, if he wants to die and he's on death row and he doesn't want an appeal by killing him and executing him would be assisted suicide? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it's a good yeah. question. You throw him on the tracks like old Bill. This is Arkansas. <laughs> Bill Clinton. Bill. Mm. Just yeah. wondering. All right. He drags this boy's body. He's got pee all over him, just drags him. And they see the fingerprints dragging in the dirt, drags him all the way over to the water barrel. His, you know, his, I guess it'd be cousin or whatever. All the other kids are there, the cousins. His cousins are all there dead. The corpses are there. This kid's still in shock. He just takes his ankle and just throws him in. Doesn't even hold his head down or anything. He just picks him up. He's light, chunks him in the water. He was so small that he just left him in there and the child just floated to the bottom. Or not floated, but sunk. sunk. The child just sunk to the bottom. He didn't take up much space. He didn't take up much space, so that's good. So now he's just got to wait for the next round to come in, right? So the family's all coming in. This is a photo I was looking for earlier. This is the them pulling out the bodies in the trunk. So Trey was found in one of these, and then the other one was wow. little Becky. So the grandchildren were in the trunk. Each one had their own trunk. Now that's interesting. If he if he gave each grandchild their own trunk of a car, but the other bodies he piled on top of each other in the cesspit. I know. That's what I was saying earlier. It seems odd. Yeah. Last time we talked I about- I mean, the whole thing is odd. Well, yeah. Just say. Yeah. Last time, and I'm, I'm going to brief over this real quick because we did go into detail with this last time, but this is his apple of his eye. This is his first daughter, the one that screwed everything up for him. So how old is she at this t- time of the murders? At the time- that she comes in and this is later that day she is 24 years old this is sheila sheila was his first daughter born he had a lot of children yeah oh yeah dude the first daughter born he had an incestuous relationship with sheila sheila became pregnant and they have her and her father have a uh, uh excuse me a son together Daddy, grandpa. Huh? Daddy, grandpa. It's twisted. Yeah, they have a son together. That's his. Would you call him dad or would you call him grandpa or would you call him daddy, grandpa or grandpa, daddy? Oh, excuse me. They have a. I think they just call it fucked up. And that's. Sorry. (laughs) I misspoke. They. He got. Oh, yeah. He got a daughter. He got his daughter pregnant, Sheila. They have a a daughter together, Sylvia. There's a lot of names here. Sylvia at the time is six years old. 
that is not only his granddaughter, but his daughter. Daddy grandpa. She, the whole time he's, he's anxious. Cause it's like the girl that broke up with you. And it's like the one that got away and you're just like, I mean, now she's coming back and maybe you can work things out or say something or say something you didn't before. He loves her still. This is his own daughter. So this is a big thing. There's going to be, there's going to be time invested in this. He's still got to kill her. I mean, obviously, you know. Family reunion. Before I get into when they come in, the reason that Ronald Gene Simmons had to uplift his family from Cloudcroft, New Mexico was because someone in his what's up wolfie someone most likely the the first son jr in high school went to the authorities about his sister being molested by his father someone jr most likely basically turned the dad in so obviously police have a problem with that authorities have a problem with that well how do you get away with it you uproot your family and move them to arkansas in a little trailer then they can't find you or want to find you but that also brings some problems in right you, you lose your military pension and he was i think a sergeant first class or something so that's good money that's the only money so now he's got to get a job he moves his little town he's got to get a job and he's all crazy anyway like that's gonna work they had to sever all ties from cloudcroft new mexico he actually blamed his family, and more importantly, Sheila, for ruining his life, even though she refused to testify about who the baby's daddy was. She refused, and since she was 17 years old, it wasn't rape because she was at the age of consent in New Mexico. Wait a minute. That's not necessarily true. It wasn't. You mean it wasn't? It wasn't statutory rape, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what. That's what I meant. Statutory rape. Okay, I didn't if mean it was rape. consensual. Wait, did I say rape? Yes. I meant statutory rape. That's what I meant. So she was at the age of consent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. it's still incest. Correct. Well, it wasn't. Did she consent well, it to technically, it? it wasn't. Did she want to sleep yeah, with her yeah, father? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, think about it. Maybe she's, after a period of time, because of your being no, no, like, she, she, I mean, like Stockholm. She's syndrome. getting, yeah, like shit. being groomed and shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I would say it's probably not con. It's really not consensual because it is. She is like being bred to think that that is okay to have sex with her father. But he wasn't like that with the other daughters. No, no, he. He didn't like any of the other kids. The only one he loved, the only one he, and you, you, we read quotes. Oh, this is the only time he looked at his son is when he was brains are blown out and stuff. He didn't care about these kids. Didn't care about any of them. He's got 10 of them. Doesn't care about them. The only one he cares about is the one that broke his heart. Sheila, who went away with another man. We're about to get to. I'm going to go through this real fast. So you guys stay with me. This is more about his life and kind of how he got in the situation because I think it's important. Okay. Okay. He -hmm. had a, all right, in a surviving letter from this time, one of the chilling phrases that Ronald Gene Simmons had written down was, quote, and he's talking about Sheila, his daughter that he impregnated. Quote, you have destroyed me and you have destroyed my trust in you. I will see you in hell. So the son goes to the guidance counselor or whatever school counselor. school counselor says my dad's molesting my sister. She he got her pregnant. She refuses to testify. He's about to go to prison or get investigated. He uproots the entire family and they move to Arkansas. All right. The whole family at this point starts to crumble because, like I said, control is the only thing that he needs and he's losing it. He leaves town. He loses his military pension. He was a master sergeant, so he's got to find a new job, but he moves to Dover, or excuse me, he moves to Ward, Arkansas. The nearest town is Dover, which is about 15 minutes away, population 100. To find a job which no one knows who you are, you're from New Mexico, you just come and move into this town with a population of 100, and you're trying to find a job, good luck. No one knows who you are. This small town, you know what I'm saying? You have to know people. Yeah. But... Uh, go ahead. Speaking of New Mexico, I think that I interact with D too much on Facebook because I got an advertisement for like iHeart and New Mexico things the other day. So I hope Dee's doing great. Okay. She was actually, she popped on um, during the Ancient Aliens episode, actually. Yeah. 
That's her her jam. She loves the alien stuff. Yeah. yeah. She sent me a book about um, White Sands in Mexico. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to. It's very, uh, I'm very grateful because the book was like 30 bucks and very grateful she did that. Yeah, she's great. Hope she's doing okay. So there's no work for him, population 100, but he's got, he's a master sergeant. He's got that resume and that's going to get you a job. They rent a house in Mockingbird Hill. That's that little freaking hill with the trailer on it. It's essentially a abandoned lot, no trespass passing signs the trailer is actually two trailers welded together and there he makes his family start building a wall around the house so at this point they're taking stones and building a wall it's it's like he's trying to just encapsulate everyone to to keep the control like building a fort building a fort he installed barbed wire on the the perimeter like for instance little becky eight years old would have to carry these heavy cinder blocks he wouldn't let any of the kids talk to any of the neighbors he forbade his children to talk to any of the neighborhood kids or make friends with anyone at school. And he, like I said, no toilet, cesspit, all that stuff. Now, he did get a new job in a small town of Russellville, which has a larger population. This, this is going to be really fast, but this is very important because I said there's 16 murders, only 14 family members killed. So he's got to branch out, right? 30 miles away, he got a position as a law firm clerk. Now, a law firm clerk is pretty low in the totem pole. Yeah, but don't you have to have some experience with law in order to get hired at a law firm? Like I, thought- I guess not a small town. A clerk can just, you know, you talking about a paralegal? No, I mean, I mean... I I guess that I mean a clerk is like you, you, you filing the, the papers desk. and no, I doubt that it's like answering the phone at the desk greeting uh, like people. a receptionist this is the the law firm he got a job at he got a job there because and only because of his military experience he's a master sergeant and I mean that speaks a lot man yeah now you guys probably understand that he's always had a very low he's always had a very low view of women oh. you know what I'm saying like view uh what's another word for that very opinion not opinion uh, He's always looked down on women. He's always thought women are just, nah, you know, they're opinion, there for us. A poor opinion. Yeah. When he viewed women as like second class citizens. There you go. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. Like that uh, book, uh, The Second Sex. Yeah. <laughs> the psychology, the French mm-hmm, psychologist. Mm-hmm. More like a handmaid's tale. Living yeah. Again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He always had a low value of women. So he starts out at the bottom of this law firm. And guess who's in charge of him? A woman. Oh, he don't like that. He don't like that. Mm -hmm. Kathy Kendricks. And what do we talk about? So he's got to be the alpha. He's got to get all the women. So what does he start doing? He starts flirting with her. However, she she feels it's creepy. This old guy is flirting with me. He's... His advances, what she had reported, were more abusive than flattering. She thought he was just the lowest of society. He had nothing to offer her. She was young and and had the whole world ahead of her. She's had plenty of dates. Like, get away from me, you creep. Well, he clearly hasn't watched the workplace sexual harassment video that they all, every company has. She reports him for... Pre that time. She she reports him for lewd comments, and he was quickly fired. Now, not only was he fired as a low-paid clerk, but a woman... For real, this is making me mad thinking about it. A woman rejected him. You know what I'm saying? How dare she... I mean, yeah, I didn't know that we had the right to do that. Did yep. you? No, apparently not. Huh. Y'all better get in line. <laughs> I'm surrounded by women. I better shut my mouth. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, like, it's just like, funny because like, on your jokes. <laughs> it's just like because he always. I mean, that's just the way the studio is set up. But like, he's over there, and the women all are over here. Like, do not cross. We're just standing. <laughs> Guys versus girls. The computer's over here. Well, my mom could have sat there. Which y'all can't touch, by the way. Well, the the, the couch is (laughs) over there. Yeah, strategically. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I got all my stuff over here. Well, no, we can't really fit the couch. The closet's over there. I mean, we could put like a stove here. That's fucked. (laughs) Maybe a dishwasher. (laughs) No one's listening to this. (laughs) I got to break out the guns here. He goes home. He lashes out on his wife and kids. He starts abusing them verbally, physically, and emotionally. So that was a big trigger for him, this whole female job situation. Okay. He gets a new job, despite everyone already hearing about that, because it's a small town in Russellville. Everyone kind of already knows him, but he gets a job at an oil company. A week goes by. He's fired because he's being sexually aggressive with female coworkers. The whole time in his home... 
when he's getting his pension, he's he got the women rounded up. Now he's out in the real world in the corporate. That shit don't work. Uh-uh. That shit don't work. That's why I can't have a corporate job. I get fired the day I got hired. I would say something stupid, like I always do. That's why I'm a podcaster. Because <laughs> we expect you to say those things. Because people... we expect you to say something stupid. I don't get fired. I just get bad reviews. <laughs> All right. He gets a new job after that at the Woodline Motor Freight Company. So three jobs. Boom, boom, boom. Because he needs money. He doesn't have any income coming in. At first, he did really well. No complaints. He was, all right, this has changed. Finally, he's got in line. He's moving up. But, whoa, they put a new supervisor over me. Uh-uh. Don't tell me. Was that it was a supervisor woman. a woman? It was a woman. How dare oh, they? snap. Yeah, no shit. To say that Ronald and Joyce did not get along would be something of an understatement. He could not comprehend a world in which a woman was his superior, and she could not deal with an employee who completely ignored her very basic requests. Tremor says, talk misogyny to me. <laughs> That's his supervisor. So he's like trying to boss her around. It ain't working. Her name, let's get it out of the way, her last name is Butts, B-U-T-T-S. Joyce Elaine Butts. She's a woman. She found out that Ronald Ronald here, the old creep, was stalking, currently stalking Kathy Kendricks, the one at the law firm. Still? Still. Because you do, you don't reject me. You don't. Was he just going to be like, ah, shit, shouldn't did that. I guess I'll just leave it alone. No, fuck that. He's showing up at her house with flowers, writing little notes. There's a 30-year age difference here between Kathy, which was 20, and him. He was fired. Hell yeah, he was fired. This is in one town. Three jobs. Boom, boom, boom. Like, a bowling ball just hitting them all down. Three jobs. Gets another job. It's actually owned by the, the oil guy. So kind of just, I mean, he's a he's a veteran, Vietnam veteran. You don't want to not have him have a job. He's got a family, four kids in school. So he gets a job, convenience store clerk at like a Safeway. I mean, it's a small, it's a small little convenience shop. I'll show you what it is. It's uh, this right here. Sinclair Mini Mart. Hmm. He gets a job as not even a clerk. It says clerk. He's a you know, nothing wrong with this, but he's in the gas station ringing up people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess cashier. Cashier, yeah, cashier. All right, I'm running through this. You could call that a clerk. Yeah, I run. Clerk. I'm running through this really fast. He stated that job because he didn't have to answer to a woman. Now, huh. Sylvia, I'm going to go through this really fast. Sylvia, his daughter, the one he got pregnant, moves out into an apartment with this man that she meets. This man also knew that her baby was from Ronald, and he did not like that, but he was going to raise it as his own, as he should. He comes in the house when they first meet, and, and, it, and it was like this. This is how it really tore the relationship apart. Sheila's in the house. This is before she, she was like 18. She's in the house one day. When Ronald comes home from work, her stuff is gone. Mm, good for her for getting out. Completely yeah. gone. Not only that, he's like, well, where'd she go? An hour later, a car pulls up. She gets out and so does her new man, which is a bigger man, younger, stronger. He goes into the house and, and this is from Ryan Green's book. That was his girl, Ronald Gene Simmons' girl. That was his baby. He made them both. He brought them both into the world. How dare... How dare that boy snatch her up from his grasp? She belonged to him. He goes into the house and says, I'm not here for I'm not here for pleasantries. You're going to stay the away from Sylvia or I'm going to kill you. She's mine. And 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 they leave. And that was it. Wow. Then that was years ago. But he's been dwelling on it for years. Mm -hmm. And now he's got, you know, one chance to make it right. Then Sheila came into sight. She had cut her hair. She was dressed up like one of the women about town. He could have walked past her without realizing it was his own daughter if it hadn't been for her face. Those eyes and those lips still called to him, even if they were smeared with garish red whore's war paint now. That's rude. That's the perfect description of what he's thinking. And he is, he is dwelling on this. The car comes up the driveway. This is the 26th. Outside, Ronald could hear the baby girl, his baby girl, right? His daughter and granddaughter, six-year-old, Sylvia, laughing and playing. And then he sees Sheila, who destroyed his whole life and family. He comes outside, and he's finishing his beer, and they kind of think, oh, maybe he's changed a little bit. Maybe he's mellowed out. This this maybe not that bad. Dennis, obviously the first in. Now, that Dennis McNulty, 
is the guy that she found, the, the guy that goes in mm-hmm. there and says, you're not going to ever talk to her again. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is all for the mother, for right. Becky, okay. who's dead, by the way. So Dennis walks in first, holding holding his wife's hand and little Sylvia's hand behind behind him. Now, they haven't seen each other in years. And that's what you just read with the, you know, didn't recognize her. The family walked in slowly and displayed on the floor in front of them were the presents, were the dead bodies there. Immediately, he shoots Dennis, which is a taller guy, the one that told him to F off, shoots him through the chest, blood sprays up the walls. Sheila is in shock. He looks at Sheila because he can deal with Sylvia, six-year-old. She ain't getting too far. Oh. He's got time to, to say what's on his mind, things that he's been thinking about for years, ever since she ruined his family and life. It's all he, her fault. He says the following. Yeah, okay. Quote, you have destroyed me. You have destroyed your mother, your brother, your sisters. You have destroyed us all. You are a traitor and I will see you in hell. Nope. Pretty sure you're the only one that's going to be there, buddy. So if you're if you're wondering why he chose to drown his own kids is because he's saving those bullets for her. One bullet kills her, but he decides to unload the entire clip into her. No. And if you want to read this, he cast aside the pistol and snatched up that boy who looked nothing like him. That hideous depravity that his daughter had wrought on the world. He wrapped his shaking hands around that wrong thing and he ground his hands together as if it was the only way to keep the world from ending. He crushed that little boy's throat until he was certain that he would never breathe again. Then he took a staggering step to to toss the tiny corpse out into the mud. He spat after the boy. It would have done worse if he didn't have other business to attend to. Which little boy was that? Yeah, Yeah. so so this is... Sheila's son with McNulty. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, there's there's four of them that came in. Sorry, this is a little confusing, but Sheila married Dennis McNulty. And they had a child together. They had a child together, Michael McNulty, which was one years old. And then Sylvia was six. So it's four of them that he's got to, to kill at this point. He picks up little six-year-old Sylvia, his own daughter slash granddaughter. He doesn't care about her. His, I, just, I feel like family members should never have to have the a slash in the, yeah no in the descriptor. He picks up ever. Well, you ain't from the damn south, and it's a tumbleweed, not a tree. We talked about. He picks up. He picks up six-year-old Sylvia, his own daughter and granddaughter. She's trying to slap away, and then his hands go around her. He sees those tears pouring out of her eyes. And then her eyes are staring at him. Ryan Green describes it as it was like she was daring him to look away, but he would not look away. Her slaps eventually got weaker. Her eyes glazed over. Her body went limp. He kept squeezing as he would as if he would never let go long after she was dead. Now, Sheila, as I said before, was the only body not tossed into the cesspit besides the Two kids in the car. He picked up the lifeless body and put it on the dining room table, almost like to present it. This is the feast type of thing. I shouldn't use that word. It's not like that. He gets the finest tablecloth he could find, covers up the body, took the the boy and tossed him into the, the trunk of the, the other trunk of the car, poured kerosene all in the house to cover the smell. And now he feels good. He placed the seven bodies in total inside the cesspit outside and he went and he goes to the bar. It's New Year's Day. He's going to drink whatever the hell he wanted. It was the day after Christmas, I mean. Mm. So, Boxing day. Yeah. His family is free. He 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 is happy as hell now at the bar. He just annihilated all of his family. A good ending to the story, right? Uh, For him. Yeah. But he's sitting at the bar and he's like, it's a great ending. But wait, I still have some unfinished business as far as himself. Some people who rejected me recently. No. This is this is a lot, but I'm going to power through it this is crazy he says screw it i didn't kill my whole family he goes to walmart the next morning restocks his ammo supply he goes to those law offices pill eddie and gibbons law firm where he was first fired from he wears a straw cowboy hat he walks in kathy kendrick who had a restraining order against him recognize him immediately he smiles at her lifts up the gun and pulls the trigger 
And in fact, if you're wondering how the cops even knew about this, the family at home, they didn't, this was the 14 dead at his house. They didn't know about they at this point is where the story starts for the cops. The day after Christmas, they think a madman is shooting up his the places that fired him. So they're like, shit, we got two dead. This is terrible. Then they go back to the house and then they find find 14. There was a bullet hole in the wall above Kendrick's desk. Her body was found slumped on the ground. There was blood pouring out of a wound on the back of her head, blood so bright and red that it surprised the onlookers. She was still alive when they found her. They said that she was still breathing despite having a bullet gone right through her head, although she had faded before an ambulance could arrive. Nobody knew who had shot her. Wow. So she did die in the ambulance. Yeah. Next, he goes to the oil company. He switches from a cowboy hat to a baseball hat. He came on the site, and immediately one of the guys recognized him. So he starts shooting, and he shoots one of the the managers, J.D. Chaffin, shot dead immediately. Russell Taylor was next. He was the owner of the Taylor Oil Company and the uh, Sinclair Mini Mart. Russell shot twice, badly wounded, but he but he lived. Julie Money, which there's a really good interview of her. She actually talks about the bullet grazes her hair. She plays dead. There's your lesson. Play dead. Okay. Mm -hmm. She plays dead and he thinks she's dead. So she survives completely, completely survives. He switches hats again. He goes to the mini mart. Or Rebecca Woolery was shot in the chest. The manager, David Saller, runs in. He takes a chair, throws it at this madman, knocks his aim off. David Saller was shot but survived. Ronald runs out. Next, he goes to the Woodline Motor Freight to find Joyce Butts, right? The, the woman that was in charge of him. Once in the chest, once in the head. Boom. Miraculously, she ain't one of the 16. She survived. She got shot in the chest, once in the head, survived. Mm. Vicki Jackson was next. Another employee, another woman, crouching on the floor. He aimed as at her head. This, this is very important. Vicki Jackson, this turns everything around. Shoots Joyce Butts, the manager, the supervisor. I was trying to tell him what to do. Vicki Jackson was there. He didn't particularly like her anyway because she's, you know, a woman. He picks up his small caliber pistol, points it right on his forehead. He crouches on the floor. She's sobbing. She's whimpering, crying. And then he stops. He doesn't pull the trigger. He's done. He just stops. He stops the rage. He just he's looking at her and he just he just doesn't do it. I did not expect that. No, me either. All the fire, all the hate, all the all the shit, the Vietnam missions, all that stuff, all that stuff inside him is gone. The the everything's just gone. That woman survived because he just stopped. Interesting. He sits down on the table, like right next to her. This is in the office. She's whimpering. He says, can you call the police? She's, okay. Picks up the phone. He says, quote, I've come to do what I wanted to do. It's all over now. I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. Maybe, maybe she said something nice to him one time. Maybe she said, you know, good morning, or I hope you have a good Christmas. I'm, yeah. Maybe she did something. Police sirens are approaching. She's sitting there whimpering. He asked how her Christmas is going. He asked if she has a cigarette. They both light a cigarette, make small talk. You know, she is like... When are the cops getting here? This is terrifying. He was completely content. That photo you saw of him getting arrested with a smile on his face, that's him from now on. He just, he just, it drained. He's just done. He's done. He's done. Wow. Crazy. They sat there and smoked. The cops arrested him. They didn't know his entire family was murdered. He didn't say a word. Never really said anything else. The cops were taking him to the station. One of the cops already knew him. He's like, they were actually taking him to the Arkansas State or Arkansas State Hospital to do a psych test. On the way there, the cop asked him about his family. He knew he had a large family up on Mockingbird Hill. Yeah. How's the family doing? That cop driving the car got the impression, like a quiver in the Ronald Gene Simmons' lip, something. Immediately, he picked up the radio. Go to Mockingbird Hill, check on the family. He knew they were all dead. Ronald Gene Simmons didn't say a word. Hmm. So, 
I mean, this was the single largest mass murder in Arkansas history and the worst crime ever involving a single family in U.S. history. Wow. There were 14 of his own family, every one of them, even though the guy that his daughter married, every one of them, every one of them were dead. Military precision, military planning, death sentence by lethal injection and 147 years in prison. Pled guilty just because he had to. If you see every picture, he's just he's content. He's life is just fine now, you know, so. Wow crazy yeah crazy story you had never thought he just stopped he just stopped he had the, the barrel right to it to her head said i'm done that is one lucky lady mm-hmm. says i'm done i'm done this is i'm done i'm fine it's like everything just is drained you know it's just it's a good feeling for him it's a good feeling <sighs> yeah it's almost and i i love this movie so i don't really want to associate this with that but it's almost like in forrest gump when forrest gump is running and then like yeah. he runs across the country and he's just going and then he literally just, just stops, stops and he's like <laughs> yeah i'm, done I'm, now. Ti- I'm tired no you're right yeah I think I'll go home yeah. now. And then he turns around <laughs> and walks away and everyone that's following him is like, uh, what? what? <laughs> June 25th, 1990 at age 49. Didn't care. Didn't say anything. Had no last words. Walked in there. His life is finally put back together. They execute him by lethal injection. But that's it, man. That's the Ronald Gene Simmons story. That was requested by our good friend, Alan. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was crazy, I know. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of murders we just went through. <laughs> that I was mean, a lot of things. I don't see how any other podcast would do that in one episode. I just can't imagine. That was pretty brutal. <sighs> all right. Well, that's all I got. I hope you guys have a wonderful 4th of July. Yeah. And, um, and to all you Brits out there, thanks for letting us have our independence. Yeah. Sorry. Happy U.S. Traders Day or whatever it is oh, yeah. you call it over there. Oh, yeah. Are y'all, what do you call it? Are y'all, like, pissed about that? <laughs> I think no, they probably don't want now. us now. Yeah. They, they don't want us now. Yeah, and, like, yeah. the recent news are like, y'all can have your problems. I mean, we just, we came over here and the land was just empty and free and there's no one here and we didn't have <laughs> it to It was sla- totally fine. We didn't have to slaughter any tribes or anything. Yeah, it was totally fine. Yeah, and there were a few people, but we, you know, put them on reservations I'm talking about the Indians. Right. We Native like Americans. Slaughter yeah. them. Yeah, this is, this is not <laughs> right. a positive like time Columbus, not a good dude. And we celebrate this. <laughs> Columbus yeah. has been canceled. Just like all like the uh, Confederate leaders. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. That's what I got. Talk Murder Me. Uh, Talkmurder.com to see all the photos. I still put photos and stuff up there. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. We have tomorrow off, so I'm pretty happy about that. If you want to to uh, do some uh, UFO stuff, ancient aliens. I'm really getting into it, and I'm going to show you that we're not alone. Or maybe we are. I just don't know yet. Anyway, if you if you like this, talkmore.com slash join to support us. It really helps. Like I said, we record every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so be sure to subscribe and listen for the podcast. Huh? That's right. Oh, oh yeah. The okay. challenge. We did issue a challenge out there. I think we have 1,400 YouTube subscribers or something like that. I said within 30 days. So that's August 4th. August 4th. If I can get 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel by August 4th, 30 days from now, I will make up girl a, an episode. And August 13th is my birthday. So we'll have Lizzie Borden by then. I will take makeup and I will try to put it on my face while doing a, a story, an episode, uh, like an older, mur- like an 1800s type murder you know i will figure out how to put stuff can he dress up as lizzie borden for my lizzie borden story i like it how about i do it and you do the lizzie borden that day well they're not gonna hit it anyway but anyway 2000 if you can hit it probably not good luck to you yeah, yeah. good luck We're get go- everyone's phones people and then also the discord if you join you also have access to our discord which we pretty much monitor i mean we i get motivated <laughs> Well, I get notifications all the time, and so I like to. Oh, keep I don't up with have it set up to notif- to set up notifications. You don't? Maybe that's why. Yeah, Sham- Shamarama, we don't have friends either. That's why we don't have. <laughs> that's why we don't have very many people on it. We're gonna do some Jello shots today with the three of us and my mom. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's all we got. So until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.